Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 44. We're discussing all the recent Star Wars news. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. Yes, it is the month of Star Wars, the year of Star Wars. Yeah, it's it really a is. Star Wars feel right now. Like a renaissance going on with yes. Star Wars all over again. Yeah, we were yeah. talking right before the podcast, so we're both very much in tune with Star Wars right now. Completely. I'm invested, man, from the yeah. video games, the books, got back to Clone Wars a little bit even here, like just all in. That's why we're going to talk Star Wars today. We're going to talk everything from the cinematic universe that they're building, from the Obi-Wan movies mm-hmm. to Rogue One, all the way through into the end of the Darth Vader comic series. Yeah. So we're going to be running down all sorts of the different news that's dropped in the last week or two. And there's been a lot of it, particularly even revolving around The Force Awakens, too. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, let's run down a little bit of news. Of course. Doctor Strange drops here in a few weeks. We have now got our tickets to the yes. Thursday night showing. I have not watched a trailer in quite some time, but my wife watched a trailer the other day. I asked her, I said, can you watch this? I want an honest reaction. Does this look good? Yeah. And I was watching her face, and she legitimately enjoyed this. She's not a big fan of Inception or anything mm-hmm. like that. She does like the Marvel Universe. She has no clue who Doctor Strange is, <laughs> and she thoroughly enjoyed the trailer and the visuals. Visuals look great. Is yeah. she a Harry Potter fan? Yes, she is. Okay, cool. So that might catch her. Maybe yeah. this will have that those elements. Yeah, yeah, but when I asked her the other day, I said, are you interested in going seeing the movie on opening night? And mm-hmm. she's like, nah, not really. I'm not super interested. I have no idea who this is. The whole yeah. mystical thing doesn't interest me. Right. But now after seeing this trailer, she wants to come with. Awesome. So, well done, Marvel. Exactly. And it's, it's interesting <laughs> seeing someone that, yes, is somewhat invested because of me, more or less, mm-hmm. in the Marvel movies. But again, seeing someone like an Ant-Man or Doctor Strange or whatever different characters and how they're pulling people into this by making it look different by making it look more like a spectacle that's right and marvel's been doing such a good job with that you know going back to their netflix series even too right from teenagers to my parents your parents i mean just a whole demographic of people uh marvel's been reaching out to right and exactly yeah. i was talking to your in-laws a couple yeah, weeks ago exactly. at your place, and your father-in-law was just freaking out about luke cage and the marvel universe and how much he loves all of this that's right from daredevil to jessica jones to now luke cage yeah yeah so they're doing something right. They are. <laughs> and the early tracking numbers are out for Doctor Strange. So it's tracking to do about 55 to $75 million. So right in line with what we thought it was when mm-hmm. we did our initial predictions four or five episodes ago. And right. so I think we should stay with our predictions sure. kind of in that range. High end, maybe $85 million. Yeah. And this is more or less in line with an Ant-Man or a new comic book movie character. Like your Thor's, your Captain America's and that. So Ant-Man right. scored a $57 million opening okay. and went on to do $500 million globally. Nice. What do you think worldwide this will reach then maybe? I think it'll go over the $500 million yeah. mark. I think this is going to capture a lot of people. It does run into the new Harry Potter movie. Yes. It's also opposing Trolls, which is, uh, I think, a DreamWorks animated feature. Okay. So it's you're running up against family audiences and yeah. that, and you're getting in a time of year or two where this probably won't have the legs that a movie in early summer or late summer does. Right. But at the same time, I think it's going to do really well on its opening weekend. I think so, too. And, and quite the cast, right? It's it's, it's probably a bigger cast than uh, Ant-Man's, apart oh, from uh, Michael Douglas, right? Definitely, so, yeah. huge, yeah. And they released the runtime of this. So this is going to be one of Marvel's only movies to be under two hours long. Wow. And I think this is going to benefit it to some degree, that we're not having people sitting in the theaters for a new character with very different elements for over two hours. Mm-hmm. And when running down the other comic book movies from this year, Batman vs. Superman was over two and a half hours, Civil War was about the same, Suicide Squad was just over two hours, and Deadpool, one of the breakout hits, yeah. was an hour 45. So that's perfect for Deadpool, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Having that slim runtime i think really benefits it condensing the story it's not dragging anything on Mm -hmm. you're probably getting a lot of the action sequences earlier than you would get with a two and a half hour long movie that's right and keep that budget tight exactly and this doesn't warrant a 
two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be swift. We get through the origin story and then we get into the action. We get into present day. That's right. And there's some discussion. I know we've talked about this before about Doctor Strange and where this exactly sits in the cinematic timeline. Mm-hmm. And there were some hints revealed by Kevin Feige and company that this is going to be a continuum from Iron Man 2-ish timeline cool. right through to present day. So like we had talked about before with this more or less a training montage where he's training for years. It's not mm-hmm. something that he picks up over you know weeks. It's going to be a long process that's condensed within the movie. Love that aspect. Yeah, great. And they also classified two Marvel trailers. So yes. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So it's looking to be about a minute and a half long trailer Perfect. as well as Logan. Nice. Minute 46? Yeah. Yes. So we're looking at teaser trailers with that length, not getting too much footage there. Mm-hmm. And it's potentially attached, at least one of them, to Doctor Strange. Great. Yeah, that makes sense though. Yeah. Yeah. So with Wolverine or Logan coming out in next March. Mm-hmm. We need to get something soon here. Definitely. And they've been releasing a lot of image. Have you seen the images of Stephen Merchant's character? I think it's Caliban that he's portraying. Okay, no, I haven't seen that one yet. So he's got all this white makeup on. He looks kind of like Caliban-ish. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because Caliban was in X-Men Apocalypse. So again, this timeline. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been officially confirmed that's who he is. Yeah. But being that Caliban is essentially a mutant that can sense other mutants mm-hmm. in this time frame... Mm-hmm could be a valuable asset to a logan or someone else right that's right really want to see the mr sinister look i think that'll be a big reveal yes yeah i don't know if we're gonna get that in this first trailer maybe just Probably a glimpse not. maybe yeah yeah maybe just a chin strap yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we're gonna get in the guardians 2 trailer i don't know i think we might get a little bit of revelation of that scene that they've been talking about with uh, that big octopus dog looking yep. thing i wouldn't be surprised we got a couple little shots of that especially because you did mention you would think that'll be something early on yeah. earlier on in the film right i pretty much yeah. think it's going to be the opening sequence this mm-hmm. is going to be your reintroduction to the characters yep. going to be fighting something ridiculous you're going to have really cool music playing in the background yeah. and i think this show is really going to leverage off that it's going to remind you what you loved about guardians yeah and what you loved about these particular characters and not really give much else away you might get a slight glimpse at eagle the living planet oh kurt russell kurt russell yeah. yes and maybe a few others, maybe Mantis and that, some of the yeah. other characters to get your mind going and be like, oh, there's new characters coming into this. Right. But I think it's going to be really focused around our main cast and yeah. reintroducing them and just reminding you that, yes, this is going to be a kick-ass movie. And lots of Groot, I'm sure, because that's, that's their thing. Uh, Groot was a huge hit. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get a lot of baby Groot. Yeah, adolescent yeah. Groot, something yeah. like that. <laughs> so also we did get news dropped of Spider-Man's Tom Holland. So Tom Holland, in a movie that he's promoting, I'm not too sure what it's called, but basically he announced that um, Spider-Man may or may not appear in Avengers Infinity War. So they haven't quite negotiated all the deals and how it works out between Marvel and Sony, because obviously they do share yeah. the character, but he does ultimately belong to Sony for the film division. So we don't know if he's going to end up in Infinity War. My guess is I'm pretty sure we, we will see him. Um, he did talk about Spider-Man 2 and the potential vil- villain there. But they just haven't announced that he's going to be in Infinity War. There's been a lot of talk about Infinity War lately. And that's stuff that we've talked about in previous podcasts. But mm-hmm. because we're going into Doctor Strange promotion mode. And because this begins filming soon. Mm-hmm. And you're getting all these other characters popping up in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. People are asking questions. Even down to is Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Are these guys going to be in this movie? And they're mm-hmm. so cagey about it. Right. And no pun intended? Yeah. <laughs> I wish that was intended. <laughs> Not that smart. But I just think that. There's going to be so much speculation up until the moment. There's talks that Chris Pratt is going to be heavily involved in Infinity War. 
There's talks that Brie Larson's in it in a big way. That's right. what we'll be here in introduction. Mm-hmm. And also that the Captain Marvel movie is more of an origin story, and it, but it's stuck in between the two big Avengers right. movies. Right, okay. And it's how all of this unfolds. Because mm-hmm. of the shifting movies, because of the Spider-Man acquisition, yeah. we had to move Captain Marvel in between... I say we like I'm part of the studio. <laughs> we had to move Captain Marvel in between the two... Avengers Infinity Wars, or mm-hmm. whatever they're called now, Avengers 3, Avengers 4. Right. And that has implications for how the story is strung through that movie. You can't ignore what's going on in the background there, right? Definitely not. You definitely have to have your heavy hitters, though, right? And Spider-Man being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think the Russo brothers, a couple months back, did talk about 67 characters to choose from. Yeah. So how could Spider-Man not be on that list? I'm Granted, he is still Sony, like we mentioned, but I'm pretty sure he'd have to show up in this movie. Well, and I yeah. think the reception that Spider-Man got in Civil War yeah. and the fact that the Russos are producing this, Kevin Feige and crew have had a big hand in producing the solo outing. Mm-hmm. The fact that Sony wants to pull back and be like, yeah, maybe we're going to you know, step out of our contract a bit here yeah. and maybe not follow through with everything. Yeah. I think it would just be silly. They've got it something would. really good going now. Yeah. They've got a good following. Everyone's forgotten about the past, yep. about the missteps with the universe and all that. Mm-hmm. And they've got Tom Holland. They've got a, a really good introduction into the MCU. They can leverage off of that. Why would they go stepping all over it? I don't even know why they would even consider doing other standalone movies right. that are somewhat connected to the universe but somewhat aren't. Blame Avi Arad. This yeah. guy's uh, a whack job, in my <laughs> opinion. He's done a couple of Spider-Man movies. He's the producer of a lot of these Spider-Man movies, and he makes uh, some pretty interesting decisions. I wouldn't be surprised if it's him maybe you know, trying to hold on to that character of not appearing in some of these movies. But there's money to be made, right? So, like I said, I'm, I'm sure he's going to show up in, in the future installments. Yeah, and that's yeah. just it. I just really hope that they don't use the money to be made card here it's, yeah these are our characters we have the rights to them we're going to do whatever we want right and really go and mess up because it's going to be hard for marvel to separate out spider-man tom holland right if they go and have tom holland in other movies right. and then saying well this movie's not part of it yeah and kind of doing an incredible hulk thing to some of the yeah. movies and only including some of the pieces right and, and the featurettes of the character yeah it's yeah. really confusing it, for people it, it would be yeah and especially considering they spent so much time crafting this universe mm-hmm. and making it so it's more or less cohesive. Yes, there are missteps and bumps here and there, yeah. but at the same time, they've really driven us home that this is what they were building. And having Spider-Man supplement this universe yes. now, I think can only benefit both studios. Exactly. Completely agree. Stepping over into the DC Cinematic Universe, there was an interesting tease that Joel Magliano, who is playing Deathstroke mm-hmm. in the Batman movie, teased. And whether or not it's a joke or not, I think it's still yet to be seen. But he did tease the idea that Anna Kendrick could potentially be our first female Robin. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I first caught news of this when I, I saw the video of Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick on the Accountant movie. And uh, they, they made some playful jokes there. And she basically was you know begging Ben Affleck to be in this movie. But it's all, all fun and games. But um, I don't think we're actually going to see a female Robin anytime soon i don't know if we're even going to see a robin anytime soon because it's hard enough to pull that character off in the cinematic universe with his age yeah i mean if you make a robin too old then it's not really robin and if you do the nightwing origin without the the robin origin then you're not really doing the the, the character service so um i don't think we're going to see that no no it'd be an interesting take you know would you prefer instead of a female robin more of a batgirl or batwoman yeah completely yeah, yeah we've got great characters like yeah batwoman uh spoiler uh, Batgirl or um, Orphan that's in the new 52 slash Rebirth yeah. great character so I'd love to see that 
Yeah. I think that's a direction that they could leverage on if they do have a success with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And is that, and again, coming back to strong female leads in their cinematic universe and having a Batgirl or Batwoman done right, which mm-hmm. was never really done properly from the Batman and Robin. Yeah, we see Silverstone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we do see good portrayals that are in the comic book. There's some great stories to leverage on there. Mm-hmm. I think they could really be successful and bring it into more of a, maybe a more mature universe. Yes. As well, we're not starting off with a younger woman or anything like that. We're a very experienced Batgirl, maybe someone that's been around. I don't know. Yeah, and, and my thing is, like, my, my little philosophy. Like, I'm some big time film director. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, but I always feel if you're going to introduce a superhero, you got to introduce the original first before mm-hmm. you start branching off. And I think Ant Man did the best with Michael Douglas playing like a younger Ant Man, so he still was the true Hank yeah. Pym, and then you passed it over to Scott Lang after, right? That's kind of the smartest way to go about doing it. Do you think that's why Marvel didn't go the Miles Morales route? Absolutely, absolutely. Because like something like Spider Man or Batman, you can't skip Batman, Bruce Wayne, and go right into uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah, you got to give us the original first. Yeah, so I was really campaigning for a Miles Morales. I thought thought that's for sure the way they're going to go. We're going to clean slate this. We're going to get away from what's been done before and try something different. Right. I'd be interested to see if they leverage that idea in the new movies Mm because there is hints that we're going to get at least something that points in that direction eventually. Right. That's right. With the characters that they cast and the characters from the comics that are in the movies. Right. I'm hoping so. Give me Prowler first and then give me Miles. I'm, I'm totally on board, though. I'd love to see that happen. And for the third week in a row, we were reporting that Justice League has officially wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's official this time. <laughs> I think it's officially official this time. Yeah, it's officially. Yeah, every time I read a report, I'm like, oh, Justice League is wrapped shooting again? <laughs> so it appears they finished what they were doing on Iceland. And there's a few pictures that Aquaman, can't remember his name, Khal Drago... Yeah, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, thank yeah. you. He's an enormous human being, by the Huge. way. Huge, yeah. So he looks like, he again, he's having a blast on set. I mm-hmm. really hope that shows through in his character. That yes. We don't get just this stoic prick of an Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> have a little fun with the character. Exactly. Yeah. Have a little fun and let him inject some of that energy into the character. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Batman was also on set here in Iceland. I don't know what Iceland is doubling as. Yeah. I don't know if it's doubling as some sort of Atlantis mm-hmm. or what's going on there. Because, again, I still don't have any idea what this movie's about. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> no With all the knows. teasers that we've got and all the character introductions yeah. and the vignette that we got last week showing mm-hmm. the behind-the-scenes footage, no idea what the hell this movie's about. No idea. I mean, obviously, it's just the origin story of the whole crew coming together, but we don't really know the threat they're taking on, and we don't really know well why they're all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that Jason Momoa's energy has really got me interested awesome. in Aquaman. Yeah. I say that more so than even the videos, the footage, mm-hmm. him showing up on set and having fun. Yeah. That's got me interested in what he can do for that character. Because he's talking about how well Zack Snyder's done, the writers, the producers, the cast and all that. And so that really intrigues me. We've got mm-hmm. the same feeling from Suicide Squad when they were filming. Yeah. They all seem to have a blast on set. They want to do a sequel together. The chemistry is good. You can feel some of that on film. Mm -hmm. But again, it was the editing. So hopefully we get a little more, or maybe a little less, Zack Snyder and a little more Ben Affleck and the characters coming through here. Yes. And letting them do their own thing, show their chemistry on screen, show what they can do, rather than trying to point them in a certain direction by cutting the film in a certain way. Yes. Yeah. Completely agree. And also with the end of filming in Iceland, we did get our first image of Mira. Yeah, so she's like the love interest of Aquaman, obviously. And her costume looks very New 52 slash Rebirth accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I'm not too familiar with the actress. But um, going off of that, I'm pretty excited. I have to give my um, my biggest thanks to 
DC, my biggest thanks, that um, their, their costumes have been very comic accurate. You know, going back from Man of Steel, which mm-hmm. kind of had the new 52 look, Batman is the best costume I've ever seen for that character in the movies. Wonder Woman looked great, and then we have Mirror, and I really like the new take on um, Aquaman's look. I agree. Aquaman right? looks fantastic. Looks so cool. Yeah. I really like it. And, you know, the Suicide Squad costumes, maybe that is my, my least favorite yeah. uh, approach, but everything else looks pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm excited with Jason Momoa's energy, new footage of uh, Mirror. I mean, it looks good. Yeah, and coming back to Aquaman's costume, I yeah. like that they've gone with something a bit more... And again, we always say maybe step away from the dark and gritty, but I think mm-hmm. they need to go in this direction with Aquaman and not have an orange and green and whatever color, yeah. gold. He needs something that looks a bit more, I think, <laughs> serious. Yeah. Other than what they do have in the comics. I think they're really going to benefit from going in that direction. Having yeah. even the dark hair, I think it makes him look more intimidating. Yeah, for sure. And he's an intimidating person, oh, uh, the um, actor. And you know, this look of his is kind of like the mid-90s Aquaman, where he like lost the arm and had like the hook. He had the long blonde hair, the long beard. Yeah. It's kind of a little reminiscent of that. So uh, whether he'll lose an arm, I don't know. That's kind of more of a Star Wars thing. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe a little tribute to Star Wars because the MCU does that. That's Everyone right. loses yeah. an arm at some point. Yeah, Bucky right? and a whole bunch of other characters. Yeah, Thor too. does in Thor, Thor too. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting nods to that universe. <laughs> and because this is truly the season of Star Wars, we've got a new Star Wars movie dropping in a month and a half, Almost two months. there, yep. So close. We've got trailers dropping for that. Lots of action figures dropping. Mm-hmm. And you and I were discussing before the podcast that we're in this mode of Star Wars. Yeah. There's so much content out there, and we're just trying to gobble it all up as fast as we can. All my focus is on Star Wars right now. (laughs) And I have a tendency to go, and it's almost driven somewhat by the movies or big comic book events, and I kind of switch. It ebbs and flows a bit between Marvel and Star Wars, where my focused intensity is. And Mm -hmm. right now, it's almost 100% on Star Wars. Right. I completely agree with you right now. From the video games, like you said, the books, the movie uh, on the way, and then Rebels that feeds my hunger every week. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) so good. And we're going to take a moment here to pump our other podcast right now. So we have another podcast called Star Wars Rebels Alert. It airs every single Monday on the exact same feed you're listening to right now. And what we do is we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. We just finished Hera's Heroes, which is the fourth episode. And this season is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And we don't have much bad things to say. I don't think anything at all. No. We were just gushing about this. With the inclusion of Thrawn, the development of the Ghost Crew, mm-hmm. the, the Jedi stuff with Ezra and Kanan, yep. this season is turning out to be one of the best seasons, if not the best season, of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, it's found its funding. It's matured quite a bit. The animation keeps impressing me every every episode. And yeah, we got Thrawn in there, right? I mean, you, you can't ask for much more. And we continue to hit on the idea that Rebels is the glue that holds the Star Wars universe together. It mm-hmm. ties in everything from the books to yes. the comics to the movies, everything. It hints at everything, and it builds off of characters from the Clone Wars mm-hmm. TV series, from the movies. It is an absolutely fantastic TV show. Yeah, I've never went back and watched Clone Wars, but I started off with Rebels Season 2, the back half of it. Yes. After watching that, I went back and watched the rest of the other two seasons, yep. And I was fully on board for this season three. Nice. And I think that if you're even questioning whether or not you should get into this or not, just try season three. Yep. You won't have an idea of fully who the characters are, mm-hmm. but you do have the ability to go back. So jump into that if you can. Completely agree. My, uh, my, my number one seller always to get people into this series is just watch the season two trailer. Watch that trailer with Darth Vader appearing, and you're just instantly sold. That's what got yeah, me. Right? That's what got me. <laughs> Troy asked me about ten times. He said, dude, just watch this once. We sat down and watched it. I was like... 
all right, now I have to go spend $80 on two series of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Because I had a hard time getting into it because I just never fully accepted the cartoons. It's very cartoony at first, right? Yeah, and even with The Clone Wars, because mm-hmm. I didn't get into it right away, I watched the first movie, and I remember watching it, and I was like, ah, this really isn't for me. I'm yeah. not really into the animation style right mm-hmm. here. And I just really wasn't in a Star Wars frame of mind when that first came out. So right. I said, I'm not going to commit to this. And then... When I did finally roll around and be like, okay, I want to revisit this, 125 episodes. Right. And I was like, that is a humongous time commitment. It Troy is. had to lose an organ. <laughs> Literally. To, <laughs> to get through Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah. And now I'm thinking with the books that are coming out, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go back and revisit this finally. Because Rebels was a fresh slate. It was a yeah. place you could jump into with not that many seasons into it. And I guess, again, I did get in second season, yeah. but at the same time, I didn't have many episodes to catch up on. There's right. a couple weekends with a binge watching, which everyone does on Netflix. Oh, yeah. The barrier for entry for Rebels is really low. You have yeah. to have seen some of the Star Wars movies. You don't even have to see all of them. That's true. And they're such short episodes, yes. right? Yeah. So, And they just released the next three episode titles. So nice. by the end of this week, we'll have our fifth episode, which is titled The Last Battle. Nice. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And the next following a what looks like a week hiatus, we're going to have Imperial Super Commandos, Iron Squadron, and some word I can't pronounce... <laughs> yeah, the the Wakatu job. Yeah, I have the Wakatu no idea. Job. Yeah. So this is why we rely on audiobooks. <laughs> exactly. To pronounce these names. <laughs> but it looks like we're gonna have at least episodes or new episodes through to the end of November. Mm-hmm. And our podcast, which does discuss all of these episodes, you can catch it here on Podbean, iTunes, or over on our YouTube channel. And so leveraging off a bit of this Rebels talk, we discussed last week on our podcast the Ahsoka book by E. K. Johnson. It dropped last week. We've been running through it here. We're about 10 chapters in when we discussed it on Monday on our other podcast Mm -hmm. here. And what we expressed was that it wasn't exactly what we had expected to be. Mm -hmm. It was a lot slower. Yes. It was more character focused and it was more singular story focused. Yeah, very linear. But once you get to chapter 13 in this book, it kicks off in a huge way. It really does. You just got to hold on. Just keep reading. Just keep listening. And yeah. Just get through it. Get through those first chapters. I think those first chapters, yes, they are slow. I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. It's all like bloodlines, too. Yeah. It's slow at the start, but mm-hmm. once you get into the characters, once you get into the book, it's really rewarding, both from a overall narrative perspective, yes. as well as the development and the understanding you get from the characters that they're focusing in on here. And the callbacks, right? That's what hooks me. Yeah. yeah. And once you get beyond chapter 13, you do start to see more callbacks. You start to see the story expanding a lot more from mm-hmm. just a really centralized individual story. And I can really appreciate what they're doing now. I'm really looking forward to I think there's about 10 chapters left. Nice. And I'm really looking forward to what they have coming down here. And this right. is an excellent book. It's a quick read. Yep. It's a 400 pages long. It's about six or seven hours. Seven I think, hours. Audio book, yep. which is really doable oh, compared yeah. to 15 to 20 hours. Or Bloodlines. Other books. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But is it is it turning out the way you thought it would? Yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. I still have my Lords of the Sith at number one, Lost Stars, and then Bloodlines. I don't have the aftermath under my belt yet, um, so I put this underneath. But um, yeah, the, the books really started to pick up. I, I stuck with it. I'm, I'm on my hunt now for an Ahsoka Black series. So anyone out there listening, you know, hit me with a link and I'll, I'll be sure to pick that up. Um, but yeah, this, this book's uh, really doing it for me. They've um, pulled on a lot of strings from Clone Wars... And obviously not Rebels, because this book does take place before Rebels. Um, but you, you just get such a good understanding of this character, Ahsoka, even more so. I know a lot of people were kind of um, hesitant on this character, going off of the Clone Wars movie. And even a little bit in the earlier seasons of Clone Wars. But you stick through it, and you, you really appreciate her for what she uh, what she is. 
Yeah, and my appreciation for Ahsoka is coming from Rebels. Yes. In season two. Because never watching Clone Wars, I knew who the character was. Mm-hmm. And I always saw her as this preteen, a little bit annoying. Yeah. Always curious why they stuck another child character into that universe. Because right. it didn't work super well in Phantom Menace. No. That adolescent age where you do have a bit more whiny, questioning, you know, rebelling against authority type. Yeah. And this really worked for me in Rebels Season 2 with Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. And this book is much more of a reflection of that Ahsoka than it is a Clone Wars younger Ahsoka. Yeah, because she's really matured. This is really when you get to see her growth in this book. And then, obviously, you see the final product in uh, Rebels. I recommend this book right now. And and not having the appreciation for Clone Wars, I Mm -hmm. feel I am slightly missing out a bit. Right. But I do have Troy here kind of feeding me some of the information. (laughs) And there are really cool ties to Rebels as well. They're referencing characters and concepts that are explored in Rebels. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see, you know, we have our animation, yeah. books, animation, all tying in together. Yeah. You really get a good sense of the Jedis that have made it out of Order 66 that are really on the low, you know? Yeah. You really get that understanding of how risky it is to be a Jedi. It's an interesting exploratory book mm-hmm. on the post-Order 66 and what the Jedis had to do to survive. Yes. And also you get an idea of they didn't know each other were alive, right? Exactly. They couldn't sense each other anymore. And that's the whole thing that's explored in the book as well. Is mm-hmm. You get an understanding of what the universe was like post-Order 66, which is something that hasn't been explored really, with the exception of some of the stuff in Rebels. You get from Kanan and Ezra and that. You get that concept and idea about the Inquisitors. But this is early days. Yes. And the building and the expansiveness of the Empire post-Order 66 into the Outer Rim, into the core, everywhere, expanding out into these worlds and, again, leveraging people as slaves. You're looking at stuff that happens on Kashyyyk yeah. in other books, but that same concept about using their natural resources. And yeah. this is a huge point in this book as well. Great stuff. And The Force Awakens. So it was almost a year ago that we got our first entry into the Star Wars cinematic universe in almost a decade. Yeah. And this thing popped off huge. We got... A beautiful steelbook that came out of this with some nice commentary and features as well as some deleted scenes. And guess what? Disney's hitting the collector right home again, right? We have a collector's edition of The Force Awakens dropping here, I believe, on November 15th. It is a 3D edition. Okay. So for those of you that are still subscribing to that type of visual media, I have a 3D TV. I watched it for one hour five years ago. (laughs) It's funny that they went that route as opposed to 4K. Like, yeah, do might, we know if this supports 4K, this one? I don't know. I can't yeah. see them not doing 4K. Right. That would seem like a silly option. Mm-hmm. Or they're just doing a 3D version, and then they'll do a 4D version, exactly. or 4K version. Yeah. Nothing they've never really done before with the previous um, special editions, right? Star Wars always kind of milks those those editions. Yes, yeah. and you expressed a little bit of disappointment with the idea that the bonus features on here were really good, but they yeah. weren't what they were for the prequels. Really, yeah, that's right. Completely agree, yeah. So this one is leveraging a bit off of that, and they're giving you a full commentary by J.J. Abrams, which wasn't done before. Mm-hmm. And they have some stuff on the sound. There are a few deleted scenes. Yeah. There's some of the costume work and some small featurettes with John Boyega and Ray. Yep. Or Daisy Ridley, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> and also the same bonus features that were on the original release, Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So they're filling this out a bit. And again, they're giving us some of the deleted scenes already. And I'm going to say, spoiler alert, for those of you that are waiting for this to come out, mm-hmm. it's all over the internet now, so go check it out on YouTube or EW, I think, were the first ones to release yeah. it. But it was a quick scene. It was in Mace Katana's castle there, or the bar, cantina, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And it's between Ray and Ankar Plot. Right. So Ankar Plot shows up in Maze Katana's castle, approaches Ray for stealing the Millennium Falcon and causing all the chaos. And then we see Chewbacca intervene here. 
And apparently, I haven't read the novelization. So the cool thing about the novelization of these movies is usually they're done off the first script before they start to cut things. Mm. And certain scenes are put back into the novelization, or at least present. And this scene is one of the ones that's in the novelization. And Chewbacca actually rips off Unkar Plot's arms. Nice. In that. (laughs) Very much a Wookiee thing to do. Right, right? that's his move. (laughs) So we talk a lot about these extended cuts and these deleted scenes and that. And this, again, I think really hits home for me at least, Mm -hmm. why I don't like deleted scenes put back into the movie. One, this isn't finished. Yeah. And two, this has big implications for that character in particular, right? Yeah. It makes Chewbacca look a little more aggressive. (laughs) It also removes basically Ankar plot more or less from the storyline. I don't know if they're ever going to leverage him again. Mm -hmm. You do see him with Rey holding her hand when she's dropped off. The flashback scene, Yeah, in the flashback scene. So I don't know if he's going to have any more scenes in the movies or if he has any character development to be done he's yeah. Simon Pegg plays them that's right yeah. so again this is why I don't like these deleted scenes put back in because it essentially puts them into canon so I would assume that these deleted scenes because they're not included in the movie they're not canon so this character is just left on left on Jeff yeah I, just, I think so and so with this audio commentary with J.J. Abrams there's a particular scene that they released and it was what's called the scene the death of Han Solo mm-hmm. and they released the clip of him talking over that giving the commentary at that point when Kylo Ren decides to kill Han Solo. Spoilers, if you haven't seen The Force Awakens. Everyone on the planet saw it, so I don't feel I need to say that. But anyways, I've already spoiled it for you if you had listened to that point. But anyways, he talks over it about the idea that when Ben, Kylo Ren, is struggling with the idea about being pulled between the light and the dark, yeah. he described it that Ben is actually thinking about relinquishing himself to the light and going to Han Solo. Where I always took that scene as he was struggling so much with the light and the dark that he needed a way to remove the light from his life. Okay. And when he says, thank you for doing this, I can't remember his exact words, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but when you listen to it, I think the first time you're like, you think he's going to say, you know, thank you for giving me the strength to overcome the darkness. Mm -hmm. But I think he's thanking Han for coming to him and allowing him to kill him. Right. And he's saying, now I can finally feel free of the light and I can go fully towards the dark. J.J. Abrams kind of interpreted it the other way, which so, is interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I, I thought most of the common, the common thought there was is what you had. Basically, to remove Han Solo, that was the only thing that's kind of blocking his, his darkness, yeah, right? his yeah. path to the full dark side. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I don't really listen to the commentary on a lot of movies, but mm-hmm. this one is one that I might tune into because there's a lot of ideas and concepts that I think jj abrams might express in this i don't know how deep he'll go into it because there mm-hmm. could be spoiler territory here yeah i'm sure he's involved in the production of eight and nine and Must at least be. the story with Lawrence kasdan and that so i'm interested to see a bit more of what he has to say about some of the character developments in this and why he chose to do certain things over another mm-hmm. and i think that will be something that i may look into but i'm probably not going to buy this yeah, I think I'm going to skip. You know, I mean, I think with these movies, when they come out, I'll buy the first time release. Then after the trilogy's done, I'll get the whole big box yeah. set. You know, but I'm not going to buy the movie twice and then buy the whole big box set. Nah. You know, I fall into that with the MCU movies. Yeah. I own like sometimes, I think I own Captain America one like two or three times. I bought in the when it first came out. Oh, yeah. And then I bought the, what do you call it, the Tesseract case. When oh, it came yeah, the phase out. one. Yeah. Okay. And then it, they didn't come with digital copies, so I had to buy it on digital because oh, I wanted it on. No. So I, I think I owned First Avenger three times. Right. <laughs> Same with Star Wars, though. I own it on VHS twice, Blu-ray, oh, yeah. DVD, right. and I'm going to probably own it on 4K at some point here, too. Disney. In just two months' time, we get Rogue One coming out here. And they released the final trailer this past week. I don't watch these trailers anymore. <laughs> I've stayed far away from this. Yeah. But Troy has volunteered himself, or I've volunteered him, 
to give a very much a spoiler-free, high-level thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. So my wife also watched this, and Troy's wife watched this too. Mm -hmm. And so it's giving an outsider's perspective. Can you give us just a quick high-level, not spoiling anything, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on this? What does this trailer do for you? Just raises the bar that much more. Yeah. Um, I, I think I told you this beforehand. I have this trailer on par with the Force Awakens trailer. Um, obviously, the Force Awakens trailer has anticipation behind it. I, I think you mentioned 10 years apart from episode 3. But this trailer, visually stunning. Yeah. Visually stunning. It's great. We um, get to see a little bit more of a certain somebody. Um, I don't think I'll go into that. I think you can all kind of piece that together. Um, doesn't say much throughout the trailer, though. Uh, Jen Orso is actually a cool aspect, though, in this trailer because you get more of a feel for her. She's kind of a little one note in the yeah. first trailer, which wasn't too bad because it worked for that trailer. But this time, you get more of like a leader role and you kind of get to see where she's kind of come from and how she's where she is in the movie uh, present time. You do get a little bit of flashbacks, which is cool. So we okay. do know that they will be going that route in the movie. Uh, but some really great shots, especially, I think it's all over Facebook, you saw this shot, yeah. of the fallen Jedi statue slash temple. Yeah. Like, it, it's a great, great looking statue. And we'll probably hear about it in a book sometime. I'm pretty sure that must take place on the planet Jedea. Jedea. Right. So it must take place there. Donnie Yen just does some little things, and I, and I think he's going to be my character in this movie. Like, yeah. he, he's great, <laughs> this guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you guys can do what Tim does... You know, I salute you guys because it's it's hard for me to to not watch this trailer. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous because we're sitting watching the Blue Jay game last night. Yeah. And there's Doctor Strange trailers popping up, Rogue One trailers popping up. I put a pill in my face and my <laughs> wife, I look at my wife and she just does this, la, 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 oh, la, Like wow. she blocks it out for me. And this is something we had a friend over and he's going like, what is happening? Like, what are you two doing? And as she's doing, I'm watching her face and she's just, just loving it. Yeah. And I asked her, I said, what's the aspect of Rogue One that's drawing you in? And she says, I know the characters, but visually this thing looks beautiful. Yes. And she has no idea what's going on in the story and all yeah. that, but she says this is just drawn around. Same as Doctor Strange. It's a lot yes. of the visuals, a lot of the camera work. Yeah. It just looks stunning. It looks so stunning, and it's it's probably like the best-looking Star Wars we've seen. It's it's so different, too, but it also feels right at home with Rebels and A New Hope. Mm-hmm. It just ties it all together. You still get that that atmosphere of like the futuristic but grungy kind of beat up rusty yeah. look of, uh, of ships and droids universe yeah yeah so it's, uh, it's 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 great stuff i can't wait i don't know how i'm gonna hold that here like <laughs> i've there's been like little clips and every time you go on facebook or mm-hmm. onto any sort of social media page this thing is there it's popped up people from every sort of news outlets are reporting on this yep. and saying look we got the new rogue one the final rogue one trailer and yep. people are just losing their minds i do not know why anyone ever doubted this yeah because when you hear about these trails again i haven't watched them but there's nothing in there that makes you question what they've done is there no and that's the cool thing with this trailer it just silenced everybody you don't hear anything now about these reshoots this and that like that negativity has gone completely it's all positive vibes once again it's been restored (laughs) that's fantastic yeah Love to hear that. Yeah, it's great and they stuff. released some really cool character posters and also the final poster for Rogue One. Mm. And I got it here set between us. This is a classic Star Wars clip art, yes. mashed together Photoshop poster, mm-hmm. but it looks beautiful. It's incredible, and it's still bright and vibrant at the same time. Yeah, with some darkness obviously leaning more towards the uh, top right corner there. Yeah. yeah, we're looking at more or less the clip art with all the characters. Generoso's big. You got the Death Star in the background. And the most subtle part is the top right hand corner. You got Vader fading into the Death Star. Oh. 
And this poster is going on my wall. I don't care how much this thing costs. It's visually it's gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful contrast between top and bottom. Right. They've got seven of these character posters, so six rebels plus director Krennic, mm-hmm. and they're just the images of their faces with the Death Star plans projected onto their face. And I think it's such a cool way to depict the characters, individual character posters. This is mm. something very similar that we got with Force Awakens. Yep. And you do see this a lot with other movies like Avengers where you get individualized character posters. Mm-hmm. And these are beautiful. The colors in here are great. It's like yeah. kind of blue, dark gray. With the hint of the red. Yes. With the red logo. Yeah. Of the it's, rebellion. Exactly. Yeah. And just what they're doing with this, I think a lot of it stylistically is something that's going to really be one of the important pieces and one of the draw pieces to this movie not mm. only because it's a star wars movie but yeah. because it looks it looks like a star wars movie but it looks different it looks inviting too yeah. so it's like you know if you haven't watched the star wars movies come watch this you know because i feel this is going to get a lot of people that don't really necessarily watch star wars and at the same time it's a good jumping point yeah right you can go into this and then you can go all the way to new hope and and what have you what's well, yeah. the thing with this movie too there's a low barrier for entry you don't need to know much right yes. it's not like you're jumping into a rebels or a clone wars or or into even the original trilogy, into an empire, and that like a mm-hmm. lot of these movies were meant to be serialized, so that you could jump into the story at any point. And right. yes, with a new hope, you're jumping into the middle of a much bigger story. Yeah. But at the same time, I agree with you. This looks inviting. Mm-hmm. It does have a low barrier for entry, and yeah, I think this is going to be a lot bigger than people are giving it credit for right now. Like yeah. even the head of Disney came out and said, "This is an experiment. This is different." We're trying something. This isn't going to be Force Awakens. Yeah. I think if nothing else, this is probably going to be one of the best Star Wars movies that's ever been put on screen. I'm predicting that right now. I may eat my words later, (laughs) but I think this is going to be up there with some of the best. I definitely agree. I got nothing to go off of this, but just looking back at those uh, character posters, if you could say anyone is going to make it out of this film, who would you guess? I mean, obviously, we haven't seen the movie. You haven't even seen the trailer, but if you could guess anyone was going to make it out of this movie alive... Who would it be? Well, I think Jin's going to make it out of this movie. Okay. Yeah. I think K2SO is going to make it out of this movie and mm. possibly casting Andor. I think the rest of the Rebels, I think Saw Gerrera is going to bite it. Yeah. I think a couple of these, Donnie Yen, I think is going to bite yeah. it. And there's a few other characters that may make it out, but I think you're going to see a lot of deaths in this movie. Yeah, I agree. And I think they have to do that to make the Empire feel powerful. I don't think you can go down the route of the success that they had at the Battle of Yavin mm-hmm. or at the Battle of Endor, this has to be a low point for the Rebellion, yeah. I think. Like, getting these plans are important, and you see the success of that later on right. in the series, but I think they're going to have to go through some pretty big hardships. And I mm-hmm. think we're going to see that too in Rebels at some point. Yes. We have to see the Rebel being set back because as they build the Empire in the Ahsoka book, as they're building it in Rebels, as they've built it in some of the other novelizations in the comic books, this is a powerful force, a relentless force, and they need to demonstrate that. And this is the movie to do that. Exactly. And we have faces to put behind the plans now, right? Exactly. And continuing with some of the other Star Wars news here, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. He's been out petitioning for an Obi-Wan movie, even mentioning that he'd like to see a two-part Obi-Wan movie. This is something that both of us are very much so behind. I mm-hmm. love you, McGregor. I think he's one of the highlights of the prequels. Hands down. His portrayal of Obi-Wan. But do you think with the recent comic book series and these every five or ten issues where you get a story from the Journal of Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. in the Star Wars mainstay ongoing series at Marvel, mm-hmm. do you think it handcuffs them a bit for an Obi-Wan movie? At least an Obi-Wan movie that happens post-Order 66 and before A New Hope? You know what, a little bit, but the thing is there's so much time because he's basically on that planet for about 18 years. So there's so much story to tell. We still don't know the fate of Maul, so we don't know if those two will encounter each other. I mean, it looks like it's leading up to that off of Rebels. 
so we just don't know. I think what also kind of handcuffs it for now is the success of the first anthology film. I think maybe that's why they kind of been quiet because we don't know how well Rogue One's going to do. Obviously, it's probably going to do pretty well, but it's the first standalone independent kind of yeah. Star Wars film. So I think they have a lot right on that and also with the Han Solo because Han Solo is going to be the first kind of standalone film on a character that we all know. Mm-hmm. So I think those two kind of have a little bit of input in towards what's going to happen with Ewan McGregor's uh, movie. But if they do do the movie, without a doubt, they're going to go through him. Yeah. They're definitely going to bring him on. He's at the right age. I think he said he's about 45 now. It's getting close to that right yeah, age. Yeah, which would just make sense. And, 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 you know, go back and read these Star Wars comics because these journals, I think issue 7 and 14 and another one coming up that's going to explain a little bit of Yoda's Yoda. story. Yeah. These are like must read comic issues, right? So I, I think we are going to get a movie. It's just a matter of one. Yeah. yeah. And I have to agree with you on two points there. Mm-hmm. One, that I think Han Solo is more the linchpin for the concept of individualized stories in the anthology movies. Mm-hmm. If that can work, it can demonstrate that you don't need an ensemble cast that does have an appearance of a Vader mm-hmm. or some concept that we're really familiar with with the Death Star. Yeah. If that's successful, I think they'll move forward more with an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Right. And also hitting off with the. Han Solo movie, there's rumors that they're casting a certain female, which is directly out of the comic book series. Okay. Santa Solo. Right, the, the first wife. Yes. Right? Wife and Eric Holtz here. I but, think, is, it, is the actress that was in Creed, is she up for the yes. role? Yeah, that's her. Nice. People are speculating this period on her ethnicity, right? right. <laughs> whether it's not right to do or not, yeah. it's whatever. But it, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they actually leverage a character that was first introduced in a comic book series. Yeah in one of the anthology movies. That'd be pretty cool. Because I know a lot of people were kind of worried at first, like, wait a second, Han Solo was married and yada, yada, yada. But as the comic develops, you're kind of like, okay. And I think she's kind of developed into a, a, a not necessarily a fan favorite, but a lot, of the, a lot of the comic fans out there like her. And the other point you made about Darth Maul, we speculated a bit based off of what's going on in Rebels right now, that we may see that battle come to fruition in that series. Yeah. But if they could hold off and leave that until a live action, that would be the way to go. Right. Yeah, oh, I think it'd just man. be absolutely incredible and a great way to top off an Obi-Wan story is to kind of more or less finish how he started. It, well, exactly. They both met each other on Tatooine in the first place, yeah. right? So how cool would it be to finish that battle on Tatooine? Yeah, it'd be oh. just fantastic. Yeah. And stepping over now into the comic book series. So we're both avid readers of all of the series that are coming out. We've yeah. got Star Wars, Vader series just ended. Yeah. The Poe Dameron series is fantastic. Is it an ongoing, that one, I guess? Poe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Poe and Star Wars are the only ongoings right now. There's right. Han Solo, which is, again, a mini series oh, right. they've been okay. doing a lot of these mini series they had a lando a princess leia obi-wan and anakin yeah. kanan so they've had a lot of these series and i think they really benefit from being shorter stories because they're not committing themselves to a massive amount of content right mm-hmm. it's something that you can get through in a couple of trades if you don't want to go back and collect the single issues right which i've done with some of them the leia book and the chewbacca book yeah but i like that they're not dragging these on mm-hmm. and one thing that we we're really shocked about was the fact that this darth vader book ended yeah. With issue number 25 that dropped last week on mm-hmm. New Comic Book Day. Yep. And what we thought we'd do here is just briefly talk about that series, more or less focusing in on the end. We have discussed in previous podcasts about Vader Down, a few of the other issues have gone through here. But what's your overall feel for this Darth Vader book coming to an end? Were you satisfied with the series as a whole to begin with? As a whole, I'd say so. This this book definitely has its highs and lows. The animation is one of the, or not the animation, the illustration, the art is one of them. It's pretty up and down, right? Vader Down was a great run, a miniseries throughout that book and Star yeah. Wars. But overall, 
I was I was satisfied. It stayed very true to Vader, and I liked seeing his motivations, and I liked seeing him work outside of the Empire, but still being inside the Empire. And we got some pretty cool characters, some two neat, neat droids yeah. out of this book, and uh, Doctor Afra, which yes. is uh, she's she's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. It's it's a series I think that really focused in on developing Darth Vader. Yeah, and really developing that legacy of darkness that he has right that Mm -hmm. he is a dark lord of the sith yes and he'll go to any extent to either destroy the rebels or get what he wants fine luke yes exactly and i really do sorry i also do like with this book is how it also does show that he does think about his past yeah do you see him encounter those little moments right yeah so we're gonna say spoilers here for Mm -hmm. the last five ten issues of vader more or less the whole series but we're gonna be focusing in here basically in the last four or five issues and just hitting on that point you're talking about him thinking about the past, issue 24, it was a slow issue, yeah. but it really made you think about the transition of Anakin to Darth Vader mm-hmm. didn't really occur until this point in time. Yeah. It's beautifully written. There's a really interesting battle that goes on in Vader's head right. between Anakin and Obi-Wan, between Anakin and Darth Vader himself, yes. which is really cool. It finally sees almost that relinquishment of anakin skywalker Mm -hmm. and i really like how they did that and the portrayal of darth vader i think is spot on i haven't Mm -hmm. read lords of the sith yet Mm -hmm. but this shows vader and shows why people are afraid of him because he's relentless even with his fellow imperials right Right. anyone messes up anyone screws up they're dead yeah and it really clears up some things going on between episode four and five with his colleagues right (laughs) yeah exactly and so the way this ends is interesting because this book and the Star Wars comic book are more or less companion books. Mm-hmm. They supplement each other. They're basically happening at the exact same time. Yes. I don't know if they accelerated the end of this because it ends more or less, I think at least, at Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. We get Vader acquiring the Executor, which is the Super Star Destroyer, which makes its first appearance in Empire. Yeah. And we get the introduction of Admiral Onzel mm-hmm. as well as Admiral Piet, who is an Admiral Piet at this point. Right. And so we have the whole setup, and even the last splash page is Vader looking out of the executor window yeah. the same way he's introduced right at the start of Empire. Right, yeah. It's just so well done. Mm-hmm. And it this is. series, I think it's a must for Star Wars readers. I think both of them, mm-hmm. the Star Wars and the Vader, if you want to ignore everything else, I say with it, with the exception of the Poe book, mm-hmm. you can do this whole series on its own, but you need that Star Wars book. Yeah. And... If you're looking at understanding a bit more of why Vader has this reputation in the films, this book really helps it with. If you're staying away from the novels, from Lords of the Sith and that, this book really gives you an idea of why Vader is the person he is Mm -hmm. and why he has that reputation. This test that the Emperor is putting to Vader and blaming the downfall of the first Death Star on him. And it's just how they integrate these characters from the films, it makes you feel like, again, that they care about these characters yeah. and that they are really trying to make something that represents the character, not only from a narrative perspective, mm-hmm. but also from a developmental, like they're actually developing these characters and making them fit better into the universe. Yeah. And the relationship they, they established between Vader and Palpatine, um, mm-hmm. Sidious goes back even to Lords of the Sith, but it's so great because it stays very true to the the world of two, the Lords of the Sith yeah. themselves. They don't really try to go away from that, and he's constantly testing Vader, you know, from from the books and into this comic. It carries right through, so it's it's, it's always good to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And explore that idea, the rule of two, in this comic book a bit, and they do in Lords of the Sith yes. as well, this idea that 
they're battling one another, they're battling the Jedi, and yeah. it's only two of them. But they always seem to be planning something else. And this is an idea that's seeded right through this comic book, is mm-hmm. Vader's looking for another apprentice, and Palpatine's looking for another that's apprentice, right. right? There's never that trust between a master and apprentice. Exactly. They're always trying to build more off this rule of two, which means one of the two of them has to die. That's the stand. And Palpatine, because he's the master, he's not doing his job properly if Vader doesn't want to take his spot. Yeah. Right? And he's always constantly challenged Vader to do that and step that much further right yeah love it makes you feel that palpatine's a bit more of a genius because sometimes you get that portrayal i think even in the prequels a bit that yes it was a long game yes it was a plan that came to fruition but this really hits home that he is a evil genius Mm -hmm. more or less right yes and spinning out of this comic book Mm -hmm. is again one of the fan favorites and you mentioned her Mm -hmm. dr afra she's getting her own ongoing series yeah which is cool on two prongs. One, it's the first character that was introduced in the comic book, not from the original films or TV, mm-hmm. that's getting our own ongoing series. Mm-hmm. And two, it is more or less this anti-hero, Indiana Jones yeah, yeah, type. Han Solo-like. Yeah, yeah, like it's a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's female-led too is yep. really interesting. And also her crew. She basically has an evil C-3PO, yep. an evil R2, and an evil Chewie. They're yeah. kicking around with her. Her squad, right, is these evil doppelgangers of characters that you're really familiar with. That's right. So they're, they're not they're not um, locked to anything, right? You can no. do whatever you want with these characters. Exactly. And because they're in a New Hope to Empire Strikes Back time frame, again, they can do anything. They can encounter characters that maybe get a bit of screen time in some of the films. I think that they're going to explore all sorts of cool ideas that they couldn't have Luke or Han or yeah. Leia do because that has implications for the movies and for these characters. This yeah. They can explore the universe with her, right? Yeah. No constraints. I love that. It's a great point. Are you picking this book up for sure? Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely get into it. I usually yeah. give these books two or three issues. And if they don't really hook me on here, mm-hmm. I'll go to the trade. And that's what I did with the Chewbacca book yeah. and a few of the others. So right now I'm reading Star Wars... No longer Vader, mm-hmm. Han Solo, and Poe. That's right. And I've gone back and picked up the trade for Obi-Wan and Anakin. Haven't got into it yet, but it's yeah. something I want to keep up with. And because they're usually six-issue to 12-issue miniseries, mm-hmm. they're more or less easy to pick up and trade or keep up with. So you can come back and supplement the different eras in that. Nice. And nice. Charles Soy is doing a great job on Poe, and he did Lando, <laughs> and Obi-Wan, and Anakin. Yeah, Daredevil, all yeah. that stuff. He's he's a genius. I'm probably, I, like, like you, I'll test the waters with that book a little bit. I am going back to uh, Kanan. Yeah. Last, the last Padawan. I'm going to revisit that as well. I've yeah, it's that. it's pretty solid. I'm about four issues in, and it's yeah. it's pretty great. I a part of me kind of wishes they committed to killing her off. Yeah. Um, but um, because the way Vader did it. Yeah. You know, she's like, I, I, I asked for the blade, I asked for the lightsaber. Yeah. But he knew this would be far worse. So, um, and just adds more depth to this character of how cold and how how far gone he is from Anakin. Yeah. Right, and so. that's so true because this is a character that throughout this I think she was first introduced in issue 3 or something like that yeah. and this character has helped them through it she's tried to be a companion to Vader yeah. and he relentlessly at the end just kills her yeah. or tries to kill her tries right? to yeah. the airlock it's beautifully done right yeah so yeah I'm really looking forward to this I think it's going to be like you said an interesting exploratory book of the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. and because of the lack of constraints it can go anywhere right. we're probably going to see Fett show up in this maybe the Huts, exploring some of those ideas those concepts a bit more mm-hmm. and understanding this used universe more the books always do a great job of showing the different corners of the Star Wars universe that you don't have time for in the films mm-hmm. I think this comic book because like you said it doesn't have the constraints is going to be able to do that more Yeah. so I'm really looking forward to that aspect for of it. sure and if you aren't reading the Star Wars comic books get into them yeah. like they're a easy way to supplement and bring you up to speed on some of the characters and help you understand a little more motivations mm-hmm. 
And it develops this idea of what's going on between the movies as well. We're never going to get a movie, I don't think at least. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll run out of ideas someday. (laughs) But between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, which these comics take place. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to maybe someday a a series that takes place between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yes. But they do these mini-series. They've done one of Lando, Chewbacca, Leia. They focus on these characters and develop their backstories a bit more. So you understand the characters a bit better. Mm -hmm. And again... They're leveraged in other media, in Rebels, in the novels. They do reference these comic books. So this is a whole all-encompassing story. Yeah. And I think it really benefits from having... Some of these come out once a month, right? Yeah. And it's it's not too much of an expense. So if you can branch out to that, if you're not interested in the novels, I think it's another way outside of the visual media that is TV or film that you can get more Star Wars. For sure. More Easter eggs. Why not? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And just to finish off here, how is the collecting going lately? Collecting is going good, actually. Just today, I've uh, taken that much more of a step further into my customization of an Anakin Skywalker Black Series. So I got the head mold going on. Uh, my Star Wars collection game isn't quite on par with Tim's yet, but it's uh, it's 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 a slow burn, right? Uh, but yeah, my collection has been good. I'm not diving into anything else but the Black Series. Yeah. So Force Friday, if you check out a couple episodes back, that was a huge hit. It, it turned out pretty good for us. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to more Black Series coming out. Yeah. yeah, hopefully get those in the next couple of weeks or at least before Christmas time. I'm assuming we'll see some of these waves starting to hit. Mm-hmm. I've just jumped recently back into the Funko Pops. Nice. I picked up a CGB5 and a Director Krennic nice. from the Rogue One line. Find them again at EB Games. Yeah. They're about $4 cheaper than you're getting them at Hot Topic, at other stores, Huge. like your little comic book shop and that. I still go and support your little comic book shop once yeah. in a while. But if you're looking for something that's a bit cheaper on the pop side, yep. hit up BB Games. Or I think it's called GameStop in the States. Yeah. So you do get them for about $12 Canadian, so about $10 American. Mm-hmm. And also picked up the Ahsoka Hot Topic exclusive. You have to. With reading the book right yes. now, why not? Ooh, yeah, there's a lot of Ahsoka going on. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, other than that, I think it's it's just waiting out some of these three and three quarter inch series. Mm-hmm. Still looking for that Sabine. Yeah. And again, waiting on the Black series. I've held off on the rest of the Elite series. Yeah. If you remember from the Force Friday discussion that we had a couple weeks ago, we talked about the idea that I've held off on some of these. I'm waiting to understand the characters, and that's particularly more the Rebel contingency that I'm waiting off on. That's right. And so the Death Trooper and K2SO, they're showing back up on websites. And for those of you that weren't able to get those characters on Force Friday... Wait it out, guys. Wait out that Sabine in 3 3 quarter inch. Yeah. It's going to come. Don't go paying scalpers right yet. Same yeah. thing we saw with Force Awakens. Phasma is a perfect example of this. Is If you wait it out long enough, now you can find her literally at any Walmart in the city. Yeah, that's true. Um, how about your anticipation list? It got anything going on for the Black Series? What, what, what are you most excited for? I'm really looking at this director, Krennic. I like him in Black Series form. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to leap into a hot toy here. Oh. I, I've been playing with the idea of if I drop something else or yeah. hold off on something like the Legos, which I'd like to get into as well. Yep. I'm literally looking at the Tie Striker Lego. I think that's cool. going to be my first pickup here. <laughs> but I'm curious if, and I'm going to wait until, and this might be too late with the Hot Toys, but mm-hmm. I'm going to wait till I see the movie before I pull the trigger on it. Okay. I'm looking at this Death Trooper. I'm looking at K2SO because Ooh. of how well the K2SO Elite Series came out. I'm curious if they're going to get into a hot toy that looks as good. I don't know if this is the right way to go with it, if this is the right movie to jump into, yeah. or if I step back and maybe look back at getting something a bit older. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go down this path. That's a dark, dark yes. path. <laughs> so, yeah, collecting's looking great. Yeah. I've almost got our new studio set up, which we'll be recording in hopefully next week. Yeah. And we'll have I'm throw some images up on Twitter to show you guys what 
I've done more recently after the big move yeah. and having to condense the collection a bit and just have out the important things and more recent stuff. Good so stuff. I'm looking Can't forward to, to getting see. that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for us here. And that's a big, big day of Star Wars talk. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to always talking more Star Wars as we continue down the road here. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a horror episode next week that yeah. Sanjay is going to lead. And so, again, I'm not a big horror guy. <laughs> Don't like having the shit scared out of me. Or no, that. but it is the month for it. Yes, October, it is. Halloween. And then we're going to be doing a Doctor Strange in comics and film episode. Where cool. We're going to run down some of the important comic book stories of Doctor Strange. So you guys get an idea or feel for the character before going into the movie. And then we'll have our big Doctor Strange review. Looking good. In a couple looking weeks here. Good. Three weeks here. So we're looking like we got busy month. We will eventually get to the Luke Cage review. And I apologize for that being so delayed. But that's going to come down the pipe at some point here. I've started watching it. Fantastic. Nice. Loving it. Where are you at right now? Episode 3. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sweet Christmas. Yes. Sweet <laughs> Christmas indeed. If you guys would like to be part of the show, be involved in the community that we're trying to build around the Nerd Room as well as our other podcast stories up alert. You can always get us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can always hit us up at hashtag into the nerd room. We're on Facebook. We are on YouTube for both our Star Wars Rebels Alert and Nerd Room Podcast. Just search the Nerd Room Podcast on YouTube. You can find our videos there. They're right now static image with the commentary over top of it. But we're looking at jumping into maybe more videos and animating some of these down the road. We're looking at expanding the Nerd Room always. Yep. And this is an avenue that I think we're going to go down here. Yeah, and just communicating with you guys. We'd love to hear your predictions, your questions, yeah. any way we could talk to you with you guys. We'd always love to do it. Absolutely. Yes. More listener involvement is exactly what we're looking for. Yep. We want to build, like I said, a community. We want to discuss stars with you guys. We're here every week discussing some form of stars or some form of nerd. We'd like to include you in that conversation. Always. All right, Troy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking Star Wars. Always. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. We are out. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts, Tim, Sunday, and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM1912Podcasting and Troy, the Boy 87